0: The world seems to be changing at a faster and faster pace. Does the church have to catch up with that? Should the church be edgy? And by edgy, I mean, should it be provoking comment? Should it be making changes to what it says and how it relates to the world? Should it be criticising more the status quo? Should the church be edgy? Recently on Premier News, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Dr Rowan Williams, urged the government in Britain to take more action to tackle climate change internationally, saying he wishes they would take a more edgy role. He also called for the government to insulate more homes and said he has sympathy with the tactics used by the activists like Just Stop Oil. Now, he was saying this at a conference held at Parliament Hill Viewpoint in London, where faith leaders apparently seek forgiveness for sins committed against the planet. To spurred climate change. Now, what do you make of this? I mean, there's two questions, Peryl, that we could talk about. One is, should the church be edgy? And secondly, is Roman Williams being edgy by making those comments about stop oil and uh, climate change? Number one, I think the church should be edgy. I
1: think it should be criticising... Um, Politics a bit more, or interrogating politics a bit more in the way it behaves. I think there are a number of Issues that could be interrogated. For example, so, no. like people being able to ab- obtain abortion, seemingly for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. That's the way it appears to me. It may not appear that way to other no, but
0: that, people. That's a question that could be asked. So, uh, yes. I'm agreeing with you there, Bell, that uh, Rowan Williams' call for the church to be edgy, I think that is something the church should be doing, and commenting on national issues is something the bishop should be doing, or archbishops like he yes. was, Uh it is something they should speak out on what other subjects do you think the church should be commenting on
1: um i think it should be commenting a bit more on why it has this attitude towards marriage mm. um, which we've discussed before what should marriage be
0: yeah Having a, having a proper discussion about the nature of marriage. Yes, yeah, and yeah, mm-hmm. how
1: it has arisen, and why it has had the backing of the law in the context of church marriage, and so yeah, on. Yeah.
0: Why is the law promoting traditional marriage, or well, it was in the past? Mm-hmm. And yes, w- w- and discussion what is involved the in
1: traditional marriage?
0: Mm-hmm. It isn't actually discussed, that, is it? New forms of marriage are discussed, but not the nature of the... Original form is your icon, yeah. You chose a couple of examples there. Rowan Williams, in making this point that the church should have a more edgy role, the first thing he used as an example is the church should be urging the government to take more action to tackle climate change internationally. Do you think that's an edgy point to make?
1: I think it's an edgy point to make, but I don't know that it fits into the Christian ideal.
0: Oh, you think it's a wrong point to make? That's that's what you're saying. No? Yeah, well yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, he's he's basically got uh, it wrong. Because
1: I don't think anywhere in the Bible are we told that we should be not taking aeroplane flights, for example, or uh, planting more trees, or...
0: It doesn't directly teach that. I guess you could derive it from the concept which is derived from the Genesis narrative of creation, that humanity is a, a steward of the created world, and therefore we have responsibility to... Look after it, I guess. Yes,
1: I totally agree with that. Yes, but then climate change, as far as the climate change activists would see it, didn't just start in the last ten years. It's always a couple of centuries ago. When people didn't realise,
0: are you talking about if it's caused by uh, industry and carbon dioxide levels? That's right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, this is what I would say to it. I take your point that it actually started much earlier if it is due to Mm industrialisation. Although I guess that's been increasing. I mean, there was a comment made recently that if you look at the amount of carbon dioxide pumped out into the atmosphere, China has done more in the last twenty years, I think it was, than Britain had done from the industrial revolution to that point because you know early on there wasn't as much heavy industry well uh,
1: let's take another issue i understand that uh, wood burners are now frowned upon from well, climate they, change
0: because of the carbon dioxide
1: yes and yet people have burnt wood since time immemorial
0: yes that's true so he's wrong on this so i think that's a good point in that being edgy in itself, it's not a good thing. It's a good being edgy, but you've got to be sure of your ground. You can't just yes, stir course. things up for the sake of yes. it. Yes. I would question whether he's being edgy here, because I think edgy, you've got to speak out about something. But what he seems to be doing there is saying that the government should take more action on stuff that it's already taking action on. He's saying, you really should be taking action to tackle climate change internationally. When, at the COP meeting, the, our Prime Minister was there doing and saying exactly that, trying to yes. arrange internationally.
1: Or is he really to... saying the Church should be doing something about this, collectively?
0: Well, he's saying the Church should be urging the government. That is another interesting point. So it sounds
1: point. like he's making it an issue for Christians.
0: Oh, yes. He thinks we should urge the government to take more action on climate change, yeah.
1: But I don't Um, see that as a particularly Christian value. Apart from what you've already said about Christians, well, not just Christians, but the uh, the whole of humanity, looking after the earth and managing it. But if we didn't know that we were mismanaging it, how could we do that?
0: Yes. He uh, does seem to have been quite hot on this issue, if you excuse the pun, of uh, global warming, (laughs) etc., Back in 2019 on Radio 4, he said that the worsening environmental issues were everybody's problem and just too uncomfortable to face. You know how uh, people go to university? You always get one lecturer who uh, wears a, a leather jacket or something. He's still got a tie and yes. and smart trousers. He wears a jacket because he thinks he's cool and trendy. Right? Yes. And he says, man, hey, man, do this assignment, otherwise you will be docked points. And, and you know, you know, he's, he's trying to be cool. But he's not. He's actually not on your side. He's just towing the university line, same as everyone else. (laughs) And it seems that the ex-archbishop of he seems to believe somehow that he's been edgy by saying what everyone is saying, which, as you say, has nothing to do with Christianity. Even though, and this is a key point, I think, that uh, if he were being edgy, he'd be saying something very different. Let me try something on you, Bill. I'm going to try you an example. Here's something edgy he could have said. So you've got all these different interfaith leaders together. And they're saying, what should we do about the environment? And he says in front of them all, he says, now I very much respect you and your faith and your commitment to safeguarding protection of God's good creation. But in order to do that, we need to recognize who God is. Because who God is means he would have different plans for creation, wouldn't he? I mean, the nature mm-hmm. of God belongs to him. What does he want us to do with it? The only way you can do that, let me introduce you to someone I know. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only one who can do that. It doesn't matter what religious background you're from. You need to know Jesus to be able to know God. I think that would be quite edgy.
1: And it would also be edgy to say that God is the only one who can renew creation.
0: Yes, that's more edgy and Christian.
1: Yes, it's absolutely. the sort of thing the church
0: should be doing. Now, we haven't talked here about whether he's actually right that uh, there is a climate crisis and that it's caused by carbon dioxide, illness. Is climate change really a problem? So that's <laughs> not the point we're making here. The point is that even his comments are arriving at it from the wrong angle. Yes, <laughs> it's God's good creation. Talk about God and what his <laughs> attitude to it is. Isn't that his job as a religious leader? I know he's not Archbishop of Canterbury, but... He's
1: no, but he's regarded as a religious leader.
0: Yeah. Interesting yes. how he has a strange view, it seems to me, of Christianity, the environment, and edginess. Mm. It seems to be almost everything wrong in this time. So it's interesting to see it reported on Premier News. Of course, he will not be criticised for this in, in the fact, general public. We're, we're he might be
1: quite applauded.
0: Exactly. And surely he can tell... Oh, hang on. There's something wrong here. Everyone's thinking I'm a good guy. They're saying these things. Am I doing something wrong? Because when Jesus spoke out, people hated him and wanted to kill him. And Jesus said, people will also hate you as they have hated me. So if we're truly Jesus' disciples, you shouldn't be getting applauded. You should be getting vilified in the press, and criticised. You should be hated more than people hate Elon Musk at the moment. <laughs> if you're uh, not that Elon Musk a Christian, I mean, uh, in, in that to that degree. Yeah. yeah. So edginess, edginess is important. We've agreed, haven't we, uh, Beryl? Edginess is important. It's just that you've got to get it right.
1: Well, oh, you've got to be edgy. If you're a Christian and you're seeking to promote, as a Christian, you're seeking to promote Christian things, it would be good to be edgy, to encourage people to think about things rather than just accept them as they are.
0: Yes. So now let's turn to the other point that he made about his sympathy with the activists like Just Stop Oil. Now, I have no sympathy for them. This is why I don't have sympathy for them, even when they uh, very amusingly stuck themselves with some form of glue in the showroom of a car firm. Could have been Aston Martin car firm showroom. I don't showroom. know about that. Ah, yeah, this is an interesting incident just a few weeks ago. So, because they were stuck in the, the, the people running it, they locked up, shut, turned the lights and the heating off, and went home and left them in there. And. <laughs> the people conducted would say this is terrible you know it's it's really cold there's no means of us to go to the toilet where i've had to do it in a bucket he said or something like that <laughs> yeah but you stuck yourself in there mm-hmm. they didn't do anything to you they left you there i thought that was very funny but i didn't have sympathy for that because it was their own decision yes and uh, they are deciding to take action on something Generally seem to be well-educated people. They could read up about it and find that it's all nonsense, if they chose. i have always a big fan, of, as a teacher, of what's called reading round the subject. So you have the textbook and you have the things you've got to learn, but you can't understand it just from that. You read around the subject, you read the similar disciplines, because if you just accept what you've been told, yeah, you'll be able to answer straightforward questions. But as soon as it's a little bit different, yes. then you won't understand it. And it's especially true with things like this, where there's a particular line taken by the government, and you, in this case, are protesting that the government should do what it's already doing, but a bit more. Alarm bells should ring just a little bit of intelligence. So I have no sympathy for them. I don't understand why he has sympathy. If he was saying I have sympathy and that they're obviously deluded fools, that would be different. But he's not saying that he has sympathy with their objectives is what he's getting across Mm -hmm. there, which seems to me just extraordinary that he should think that.
1: I wonder if someone told Mrs Rowan Williams that she couldn't use cooking oil to cook with anymore, what would he say?
0: Yes, maybe he'd be brought into line in that case, yeah. Now, what do you make of this attendance of Dr Williams at an interfaith climate repentance ceremony, which was uh, a week Uh, or so ago now as we broadcast this? There are two problems with it. Uh one is uh the repentance for climate change. Yes. And the second thing is the interfaith bit. So there's two yes. parts to it. Uh, so I see that. What do we have to repent for about climate change, would you say? What is he getting out of there? What are they getting out?
1: I suppose in his mind he would see repentance for taking too many aeroplane flights. Having two large houses that need heating or even investment in oil and fossil fuels. I
0: I asked about that because our esteemed Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, uh, spoke at the COP27 and he referred to, I don't know if he used the word reparations, but uh, people often use it to talk about what he was speaking about. And he was talking about Britain uniquely needing to pay out to other countries, um, countries and made a commitment to do it. I don't know if it's actually happened, but uh, this was the proposal, that we pay money to other countries because we started the industrial revolution. So we've been pumping out carbon dioxide more uh, over the years, which is why I referred earlier to the fact that, in fact, China's pumped out more than we ever did. But in recent years, we started <laughs> And they early. use
1: a lot of technology but and sure, so on.
0: Yeah, but surely uh, listeners will say, hang on, carbon dioxide doesn't cause any change in the climate. Yeah, um, that's not the point here. Even accepting their view that it does... We can say, well, let's do a a cost benefit analysis, shall we, or a harm benefit analysis. Surely the Industrial Revolution caused countless benefits and lifted people out of poverty around the world. Surely that's of great benefit. And what about the people then in Britain, in the north of England, you'd say, who worked in, in the mills? His house was shortened. During that era, the early Industrial Revolution, the average age of a worker there was less than a slave working in another country. We didn't have slavery, but we had people working in In poor conditions that were worse Mm -hmm. than in the mines, in the mills and uh, dangerous jobs. Surely the families of those people should be paid for the sacrifices they're made. If you're going to go down that route...
1: Yes, reparation has got to be equal, hasn't it?
0: I would say don't go down that route. No. (laughs) It's too complicated (laughs) to work out who should get it. I mean, my family, going back, has worked in the Midlands, in industry in the Midlands. And uh, I think I should be eligible to a large payout now. Because what they started in that industry, you know, ended up with things like the iPhone, what marvels like that. So everyone who has an iPhone should pay a slight surcharge to the Cooper family
1: mm-hmm. if you, th- you want to
0: go that route. It just, it just makes yes. sense, as I When say.
1: you think about it, all mining of minerals yeah. and so on like that is an industrial exercise. Yeah, I mean it's not just coal that gets mined there are other things that get mined yeah. where people have to go into the ground and mm. excavate and to be able to bring out these precious metals i mean yeah, what yeah. about gold gold miners are very valuable
0: Yes, but our gold mines actually harming the environment, of course, if you're digging holes in the ground, mm. so perhaps you should pay reparations. I don't know, it, it just gets absurd as you start yes. to think about it for a bit. Now, the other part that we said we'd talk about it was the fact that it's interfaith, and what I'd like just to discuss briefly before we move away from this is, if you have an interfaith repentance ceremony, we see what you're repenting for, but who are you repenting to? And if it's interfaith, are you repenting to people you supposedly harmed? I guess that's part of it. You can't repent to God because you believe in different gods.
1: That's right and not only that these other gods, how effective are they? Can they forgive?
0: Yes, do they have the right to forgive? Now as a Christian you have to say well I don't believe that so although we can have discussions with people of different faiths and none when it comes to repentance true repentance needs God himself the creator to be involved Yeah. this is a very strange comment by Dr Rowan Williams (laughs) wanting the church to take an edgy role especially on climate change and then going to an interfaith faith repentance ceremony, what is happening to the church and prominent Christians that they're thinking this, that they're thinking they're being edgy when they're not at all, they're not even standing up for the Christian faith, and they're certainly not behaving as Jesus did, because he was perhaps the edgiest person there's ever been. Yes, <laughs> he certainly stood up a lot of trouble. But
1: there's another point as well, which has comes up with other issues. Can we repent of what are considered to be other people's sins?
0: Can you repent for someone else's sins? Yeah, it's interesting that, isn't it? Because it seems to be regularly done these days. Yes. I know that uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury went to somewhere out in the East. I think he's done this a few times mm. and repented of past indiscretions of the British Empire and, and didn't know anything about local culture and caused quite a bit of trouble, in fact. But he was repenting on behalf of us and uh, I'm, not, I'm not repenting for it. no. <laughs> I think the British Empire did a lot of good So I'm not repenting for the British Empire Obviously there are certain things that it did wrong But that's not for me to repent for it
1: It's for them to repent Yes,
0: the people who did it I don't think you can repent for someone else It's fair enough to acknowledge harm done in the past By your country maybe That's fair enough But to repent I think that goes too far And it takes too much on to the current generation When they're not the ones who did it
1: well, not only that, I'm not aware that God forgives you for what other people does have he done. Forgi-
0: if, does he forgive someone else? Well, I think that he can't do that, in that when Jesus was accused of forgiving sins when he couldn't, he didn't uh, have a right to do it. What he did was he healed someone miraculously. Mm-hmm. So we're saying, I can effectively forgive them of a disease. I can heal them. Of- also, he showed he was God, basically, he had that right. So I think that point made in Scripture is making the point that we're making here that God only is the only one who can actually forgive and he forgives you for your sin.
1: Mm. And then you get released from the guilt
0: Mm. of it. Yeah, then and only then are you truly released. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So there we are. That's our critique of uh, Rowan Williams' uh, comments there. What do you think? Any in touch with the show? Berylandpete.com make sure you subscribe when you get to the website and leave a comment on this and every episode and get in touch with Flame Radio, our station that we broadcast from, flameccr at gmail.com. Just drop us a line. We want to know what you think, even though, of course, we're always right. Isn't that right, Beryl? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>